Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My attraction is only what I and who I feel attracted to. And that's not something that I'm like walling off in my head. It's just what is natural. And so I'm not concerned with anything else but my attraction. Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Beauty Translated. This week, I'm really excited to discuss our main topic, trans attraction from the cis male perspective. Today's guest is yet another person I met through the horrible photo sharing app called Instagram. Mickey Farrow is a stand-up comedian from New York who isn't afraid to joke about his trans attraction. And most impressively, he does it all without further stigmatizing straight trans women. Please enjoy my conversation with the hilarious Mickey Farrow. Today, we have our very first cis straight guest on Beauty Translated, and I'm very excited to have him on the podcast. His name is Mickey Farrow, and he's a comedian based out of New York and also L.A., right? Yeah, little uh, cross-country situation. Bicoastal. Bicoastal, but don't consider myself by anything else, but <laughs> bicoastal for sure. I love that. Well, welcome to the pod, Mickey. Um, how are you doing today? I'm so happy to be here. I'm great. I mean, uh, I, I escaped New York. I'm here in LA through this little window closet. I could see some mountains. What's there to complain about? Yeah, I bet LA is gorgeous right now. But Mickey, I want to start out by talking about how I came to know you on Instagram. You posted a uh, reel, I guess we're calling it, to <laughs> your Instagram <laughs> Of one of your one of your uh, jokes that I just was so delighted by, and I saw all of my other trans women friends sharing it. Do you care to tell a little bit about what that first viral joke was? Yeah, sure. So comedy is my favorite thing to do in the world. Uh, New York has the most vibrant comedy scene in the world. It's I love comedy because it's such a uniquely American form of art and expression, and it really feels like one of the only outlets that we have now to be truthful. But yeah, the joke I posted, it was very simple. It was only two sentences. And the joke was, 
I've been dating a lot of trans women lately. Any other straight guys dating trans women or y'all just watching the clips? And the crowd goes wild. <laughs> it was it was a good one and it was a good set that night. But writing jokes is really hard. And writing good pointed jokes that really deliver what you want to say concisely is really, really hard. So I was happy that not only it worked in the club and people laughed, but that it resonated with the trans community. And and I think it, it in essence, kind of says where we are today. Oh, yeah, absolutely. With I mean, we're acknowledging the fact that you and I both know that all across the nation, trans porn is like the number one category in so many places. And at the same time, anti-trans legislation is also really, really high. And I think that that has a lot to do with the main topic that we're going to talk about today once we get into it, which is going to be stigmatized trans attraction. But yeah, it's kind of like funny how, how it was very of the time, very pointed. And I just thought it was great. And a lot of trans women loved it because there's nothing more attractive to us than a guy who's just openly willing and able to admit that he's into trans women and dates trans women. Yeah. And I, I you know, I, I appreciate that. But it's just me being honest. And it's it was, you know, the whole thing has been a journey. I think you can appreciate that. And I certainly have been through my own journey and getting to, you know, where I am. And, uh, you know, I'm from the suburbs. Like it was very, there was not, there was no gender studies where I grew up. So having any sort of nuanced understanding of your own sexuality was, is not a clear cut thing. And I think it's the truth for a lot of straight cis men in this country who, you know, may have you know, a, a difficult time trying to process their own sexuality or or their own feelings, and they don't have any um, any background or knowledge to be a, be able to even do it, right? Or like a healthy way to talk about it, right? Totally. Yeah. Um, well, back up for me. I want to know, like, when you posted that, because like when you posted that video that kind of went viral and everybody was sharing it, you first had like, I mean, like eight hundred something followers. I want to say you gained like 500 followers after posting that joke. What was the kind of like feedback and like the response you got from that video? And um, was it mostly like trans women being like, yes, this is awesome? Yeah, I think now it's like a thousand, which is crazy. And I got, yeah, I got so many really sweet messages saying, you know, thanks for just being honest and not being afraid to, you know, speak about your truth. And I had posted some jokes before. I think that was obviously the most pointed one and, and the best one. I think it's been a process to even write good jokes uh, about this topic in a way that's achieves what I, you know, I think I'm trying to do with my comedy. I think a lot of the people who uh, maybe are friends or I've known for a long time because they had seen me post jokes about this before, all of that stigma and there was a lot of it and a lot of things that have been said that, you know, isn't there anymore, which is great because it's, you know, I'm, I'm very open about it. I talk about it in my everyday life. Comedy is like a funhouse mirror for society. It reflects real life back, but it looks goofy. I'm not surprised to hear that Mickey became more comfortable with his own trans attraction while also becoming more comfortable joking about the topic. The way I became comfortable with my own sexuality is through talking to my friend. And him opening up my mind and realizing that I'm not weird or whatever, 
And so I consider that part of, of my sort of journey. So thankfully, it was a lot of really nice messages and, and uh, I was really happy about that. And also, you mentioned this wasn't the first time you had written jokes about this, but you've just, cons- and I've looked at all your jokes, like they've consistently been like really well-written, positive jokes that are not further stigmatizing trans women, but actually kind of destigmatizing the experience we have as trans women. What was that joke writing process like? Uh, you know, I think it, it's gotten better. And I think this has kind of been, you know, the culmination of working. I mean, I've written so many jokes and I think I've really, it's, it, they've gotten better and better, but I, you know, I, I want to acknowledge that even if earlier jokes that I had were trying to be pointed the right way, I think elevating to a place. And I think it's something that you see with a lot of comedians, you know, comedians oftentimes, especially cis male comedians, when they talk about trans women, the punchline is the dick. There's a great trans comedian named Jay McBride, who I I love. She's at the Comedy Cellar in New York, and she'll always be all over her Twitter, just like every cis male comedian punchline, dick, dick, dick. It's like, all right, you know, we've heard it a hundred times, like, let's elevate. Cheap punchlines that are meant to dehumanize us as trans people are easy. In fact, it's lazy. It's not hard to take all of the hateful rhetoric against trans people and make it into a joke. Sad part is, it's not even hard to get the audience on your side. The majority of cis people do not accept trans people. And even when they do, a lot of times it can be conditional based on us fitting the expectations they have for us. The real challenge is making something funny and thought-provoking that's not a cheap shot. Let's dive into our main topic. I want to talk to you about the difference between trans attraction and stigmatized trans attraction. I've talked on the show with other people before about what we call tranny chasers. And I do not consider you to be a chaser because a chaser is somebody who fetishizes trans women or trans person and treats them as a sexual object that doesn't have any of their own goals and desires and things like that, which is very different than trans attraction or being trans amorous. Can I ask you like what, and you've hinted at it a little bit, like you had a journey where you, you had to, you had to grow. When did you first realize that you had trans attraction? Yeah. I want to just take a step back and track the process. Like why, why is someone a chaser? How do people become uh, chasers and what is the journey through that? Right. I think. Um, a lot of, you know, I, I was raised in the suburbs of New York, okay? I wasn't raised in New York City. I didn't have access to queer culture as a kid. I mean, you know, where I grew up, you were gay or you were straight, okay? It yeah. was like hot dogs and hamburgers, you know, there was no avocado toast, right? Like you were just <laughs> one or the other, which as I said before, makes it especially hard to process. But even just discovering trans women itself, there, there were no trans women where I grew up. And so my first discovery, and I think a lot of guys, their first discovery is through porn. And of course, inherently, you're going to link trans women to be sexual objects because your only experience of even seeing them is in porn. And so that, I think, is where it spawns for a lot of people, probably less and less today, but um, at least when I grew up, and I think a lot of the people that I know who are in their 20s, 
Um, and so you have this stigmatization right from the beginning. And from there, it's a process of learning how to unlearn. And that's, I think, the biggest part of the journey is unlearning and being open. And so I probably realized I was trans attracted late in high school. And as I went to college in DC, it was right when like all the dating apps opened. And so the first time I was with a trans person was from a dating app. And I think that's going to be true for a lot of cis men who don't have access to queer culture or not part of queer culture in a city. Queerness is often associated with metropolitan lifestyles and big crowded cities. For this reason, it's easy to see the things that the right is scared of. Happy people minding their own business and not worrying about what their neighbors are doing. Cities are often seen as liberal and dangerous places for conservatives. But to queer people, it gives us a sense of freedom, understanding, and a lot of times access to the care that we need. What are they so scared of? the endless possibilities, the freedom to live our lives unbothered, and not to mention, queer people exist even in the most rural of places. And so I had gone out with a trans woman, and I had these feelings afterwards of deep shame and not understanding myself and and not understanding, you know, uh, you know, what does this mean for me? Am I gay? And And that lasted for a long time. I mean, that was at least two or three years of that feeling and feeling ashamed and not knowing how to process my own sexual feelings and emotions. And in, in some ways you could call that a chaser phase. And it wasn't until I talked to my friend and we had an open conversation about it that I was like, oh shit, like this is not weird. Like I can, I don't need to be in this bucket. Like I didn't know what trans attracted was. I didn't know what trans amorous was. Like I don't, I was okay not being in a bucket that I felt comfortable in. And just being like, oh, this is normal. This is normal. Cool. And and I think that's really what changed things for me. Talking to another straight cis male that was a close friend of mine and realizing that it wasn't weird or that I didn't have to feel weird about it. I didn't need to feel ashamed. And then from that point is kind of where I was like, I should be open about this. If it took my friend talking to me for me to feel comfortable, then I need to be that person for whoever the next guy is. So nobody wants to be called a chaser, but I also think, and nobody, and there shouldn't be chasers, but I think that it, within every chaser, there's an opportunity to really let someone process their emotions and not be a chaser anymore. Absolutely. And to be a healthy, emotionally available person for whoever it is that you're either going to be hooking up with or you're having a relationship with. I think that's awesome to hear because, you know, and it kind of answers my next question about how you gained this outlook. And it's nice to hear that it was a process for you to unlearn what porn teaches us to think about trans women, because there's so much like, especially just the words that they use in porn to talk about trans women. There's so much objectification and stuff like that. And just to be able to go from that to being somebody who is not only able to confidently say that they're straight and trans attracted, but also to like be able to make jokes about it in a way that will hopefully help other men realize that it's okay to be straight and trans attracted. There's nothing weird about that. Which brings me to one of the other uh, things I want to 
talk to you about is kind of another subject of, of how people have responded to you opening up about your trans attraction to them. And I don't mean people online, but I mean people in your personal life. What has that been like for you? Oh, man. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm a uh, Italian Jew from the suburbs of New York. You know, I'm not going to call anyone out, but just my cultural heritage, it's not... Uh, it's not part of our culture. <laughs> Let's just say that. And yeah, I mean, there was a, I don't know how detailed you want me to be, but I mean, I've been called a faggot more times than I can probably count by a lot of different people in a, little, a lot of different parts of my life. There have been some people who have been super supportive, which has been really cool. And by supportive, there's two ways. There's supportive as in like supportive and open. And then there's supportive as in like, oh, cool. And then it's, you don't talk about it anymore. But most straight guys, when they hear about this, or I'd say it in a public space, I mean, it's like the line of questioning is the most bizarre thing ever. Most guys, again, the obsession is with the dick. Wait, so they have a dick? What do you do with it? What is it? What a ha 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 ha. And it's twenty and it's like so inappropriate. And it's like it's been a varied response. Yeah. For sure. As I, you know, as I would expect. And even as a trans woman dating straight men, I get from people all the time, well, that makes them, you know, gay or whatever. And it's like, well, the reality is, is I've been around gay men my whole life. They're not attracted to me, you know? And it's funny how. Going back to, for me, what I think it is, and I, and I don't know if you maybe agree with this, but all I think trans attraction comes down to is if you're attracted to women, you're attracted to femininity, and you're attracted to somebody who embodies femininity and the feminine spirit. And it does, it's not more complicated than that for me, but... And that's exactly, by the way, it's exactly what I say. Exactly what I say. I'm like, I'm not concerned with anything else but my attraction. If I was attracted to gay men, like, great. But my attraction is only what I and who I feel attracted to. And that's not something that I'm like walling off in my head. It's just what is natural. And so I agree totally. And that's what I always say to my friends as well. It's like, I'm attracted to feminine beings. Yeah. And they come in lots of different varieties. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break here, listeners. And when we come back, we'll have more from Nikki. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where... A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. 
I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're back, beauties. Here's more from my conversation with Mickey on the art of comedy. You mentioned like this is your way of talking about trans issues and dating trans women is your way of engaging as a cis straight man with trans activism, which I love. But how do you think people, just regular guys who aren't comedians, I mean, a lot of guys like to think that they're comedians probably, right? But regular guys who aren't comedians help normalize that for themselves and friends and people they know. I think it comes back to the goal or point and reason and audience of people that I'm talking to, right? Um, I think I've gotten a lot of appreciation from trans women about the jokes that I make, but really the audience for my jokes is cis straight men. And it's cis straight men who feel you know, how I felt years ago where I'm like, is, am I weird? Do I, I don't, I can't process my, you know, it took me a long time to get to where I am now, right? If I can take that path and make that shorter for other people, that's the best thing that I can do. And so I think it, it comes down to that, making people feel more comfortable with themselves, making them understand themselves more, making them understand that they're not weird or shamed or whatever it is. Um, to take them through that journey faster and then 
they can turn around and do the same for somebody else. I think that's the cycle that is going to make the biggest difference. Okay, awesome. Yeah, I love that. And I think it's so rare to find a guy talking about trans women in comedy in such a positive way. If we see men joking about trans women, um, where do you think that comes from when they're doing that in like a hurtful, dehumanizing way? I think the beauty of comedy is that you cross every facet of society. All topics are available to be talked about. And that's incredible. As long as you can, you know, make somebody laugh, that's the goal. But there's different levels of that. Just the topic of transness in society over the last couple of years is it's prevalent. I mean, it's really, you know, people are talking about it. So comedians talk about it. And when comedians say, how do I make people laugh? Sometimes it's the subtext, right? What am I trying to say about society as a whole or about my point of view on society? Comics want to make people laugh and they look for so often just the lowest hanging fruit of a punchline. How can I get people to laugh? And it doesn't matter if it's cheap. So you essentially have a hundred comedians making the same variation of the same joke over and over and over again. And that's just using trans women as a vehicle to press, you know, and and touch on just their pre-transition or their masculinity. That's the vehicle. That's what they're using to get the laughs and the punch. And it's lowbrow, in my opinion. You know, I think in our country, we have a lot of different people with a lot of different beliefs. And if someone, someone might genuinely believe something that's the opposite to me. And if they can make a really intelligent joke about that, then I'm not going to knock that. But the reality is there's a hundred comedians doing the same joke over and over again. It's cheap and lazy. As we've said before, comedy is a commentary on society. And it is an art form that can help us learn about ourselves and even heal from some of the darkest days. There's a reason why they say comedians are often some of the most sad people. They speak to something that they discovered about themselves or society, and it may be tough for them to come to terms with. They find a funny way to say it, and when they say it and people laugh, it gives them another perspective on the truth. All right, we're going to take another quick break, and we'll be right back. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes 
I guess identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. That's our last break for this episode. We're going to wrap up our conversation with Mickey Farrow. I kind of want to go back because like we talked about like what kind of reactions you've gotten from men. But I'm curious to know, what do cis women, um, because I'm assuming you still also date cis women. Yeah, I do. And, you know, like, what do they say? I'd say 80% of the time it's more positive and more respectful than men in general. But, oh God, it just depends. I mean, I did a show during Pride where I had a group of friends come and I did a maybe an eight minute set, which was all related to my sexuality and dating trans women and my family and their reactions and all this. And this one girl that I met once before, she's just like appalled. Like, I don't understand. So you're gay like i don't get it but mainly it's better than men i'm not surprised to hear this reaction from a cis woman regarding trans attracted men cis women are often ready to be our allies with simple phrases like trans women are women or yes queen or oh my god slay diva but when it comes to accepting us as part of hetero society many cis women hold bioessentialist ideas about trans women that is to say, if you're born with a penis, you cannot ever be separated from male identity in their minds. But the other thing that I, I think is interesting, I w- I'd like to ask you is like, I've found within the trans community, there's a lot of different perspectives and opinions and things that people differ on. I got a little bit with some of the reactions to earlier jokes I posted where people said one thing, other people said uh, an- another thing. But what do you think are the main, I guess, sort of, riffs or things that trans women disagree on 
as a trans woman, I've been transitioning for more than 15 years. And even my opinions about transness are not accepted by the majority of trans people. Even I have some beliefs that people might think are controversial or might say that I shouldn't say certain things. So at the end of the day, you're not going to be able to please everyone. And so in my mind, as long as you are not intentionally being like disrespectful, punching down or anything like that, like Dave Chappelle's joke about the trans woman who comes into the meeting and slams her dick on the table, that shit makes me laugh. It cracks me the fuck up. And I know as a trans person, I shouldn't be laughing at that, you know, but it's all about who's making the joke, you know, and with what intention they have. So even though I laugh at that, I'm like still like, okay, I don't want to see him be the one to make that joke. You know what I mean? Right. But that's the nuance as well, right? It's like, yeah, you can think that's funny. And just because people are like, oh, Dave Chappelle, fucking fuck you, whatever, you suck. People try to lump everyone together and act as if there's no nuance. What kind of responses do you get from other comedians about your comedy or from the industry? Does it affect bookings? Um, You know, it's interesting. On one hand, comics have been actually pretty supportive as a whole. I think in comedy, people are always looking to talk about something that other people aren't talking about. And I've gotten a lot of positive feedback from comics like, just keep going. Just keep going down this path. And I think it's going to be great. And I think it's going to resonate with a lot of people. So keep doing that. On the other side, there's a producer in New York that like right after one of my sets, I was standing at the front of the club and he just starts like berating me. And this is like mid fifties guy thinks he's super funny, but he's not. He's just essentially an asshole. And he's just fucking berating me, being just super inappropriate, super rude, super, and not just to me about my sexuality, but I think just as a whole, and there's the maitre d' of the club sitting right in front, and this goes on for like 15 minutes. He walks back inside the club, and the maitre d' turns to me and is like, are you okay? Like, that was so rude. Like, what the fuck is wrong with him? And... It's one of those things where I don't have enough clout to take down someone I'd like to take down. You know, it's hard. I think especially as an up-and-coming comic, you need the stage time. You need to get better. You need to improve. There's only so many great rooms where hundreds of people will be there at a given time in a hot crowd, but you keep this in the back of your head. And like, okay, we'll see you in a year, two years, three years. You know, uh, you're sitting right at the back. Okay. And so the final question I have for you, I I love to ask every guest this question because everybody has a different answer, but I am going to ask you this question a little bit differently because I normally ask my guests what they find most beautiful about being a trans person. And I want to ask you, in all your time spent with trans people, but obviously primarily trans women, I'm assuming, um, what do you find most beautiful about trans people? I think it's sort of a two-sided response. Which is, on one hand, it's the same thing I find beautiful about anyone. I've always been more comfortable around women. I think women are more sensitive, women are more open-minded, and, you know, have a unique perspective that is different from men, and it's 
I think, a more honest and genuine uh, more often, and, and of course, intimacy. And then, so in, in that, in one regard, it's the same with any woman. But on the other hand, the thing I find most beautiful, I think, is the way that trans women have changed who I am as a person. Uh, how through conversation and dating, I've really become more aware of sort of the patriarchal structure of our society, how much work us as men need to do to create space for others. In a lot of ways, how narrow-minded and undeveloped our education system is, especially in places where I grew up or the suburbs and, you know, outside of the cities or maybe, you know, big private schools that cover gender theory and a, a bigger range of important cultural things for us to learn. But I think ultimately trans women have made me stronger and more beautiful to myself and, and more able to love myself. Oh, well, I love to hear that. That's fantastic. Well, Mickey, it was wonderful talking to you on the pod today. Thank you for being so open and honest and vulnerable with us. I'm so happy you reached out and uh, you invited me to come on. I had fun. Thank you. Um, Could you share with the listeners where they can find you? Yeah, you guys can find me at Mickey Farrow across all socials and the Mickey Farrow show on Patreon. All right. Yeah. What about um, are you doing any like live shows this summer? Oh, this summer. We haven't planned that far in advance yet. I might be opening for somebody, but I don't I can't give the details yet. All right, everyone. Thank you for tuning in for another fantastic episode of Beauty Translated. I hope you enjoyed my enlightening conversation with the comedian Mickey Farrow. And I hope you learned something today and take away from this that just to live and let live already. Just let people be. Let people be who they're attracted to and don't make them feel bad about it. We're here for only a short time. So why should we spend our time trying to knock other people down? And again, I want to thank Mickey Farrow for sharing his story with us today. Please be sure to leave us a rating and review over on Apple Podcasts. And if you haven't already, give us a follow over on the Beauty Translated Instagram at Beauty Translated Pod. Let us know how you felt about today's episode and tune in on Monday for our next mini-sode. Beauty Translated is hosted by me, Carmen Laurent, and produced by Kurt Guerin and Jessica Kreinchich with production assistance from Jennifer Bassett. Special thanks to Allie Perry and Allie Cantor for their support. Our theme song is composed by Aaron Kaufman. Beauty Translated is proud to be part of the Outspoken Network from iHeart Podcasts. For more iHeart Podcasts, listen on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. 
Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.